Welcome to GeoRumor, your go-to podcast for the latest in world affairs and news. I'm your host, Olivia Smith. Remember to subscribe. Then comment, like, and share with friends and family. Let's dive into today's big story. The Supreme Court, the highest judicial body in the land, is gearing up to tackle a case that could have profound implications for the political landscape. At the heart of the matter is none other than former President Donald Trump and the question of his eligibility to run for office again. The Colorado Supreme Court set the stage by ruling that Trump should be kept off the state's Republican primary ballot, citing Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But now, the U.S. Supreme Court is poised to weigh in, and the stakes couldn't be higher. Let's break it down. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment lays out the conditions under which an individual may be disqualified from holding public office. It's a provision rooted in history, dating back to the aftermath of the Civil War. But here's where things get interesting. The interpretation of Section 3 raises a host of complex questions. What constitutes an insurrection? Did Trump's actions on January 6th meet that threshold? And perhaps most importantly, who gets to make that call? As we dive deeper into the legal weeds, one thing becomes abundantly clear. This case has far-reaching implications for the very essence of democracy. From the intricacies of constitutional law to the practicalities of electoral politics, every aspect of American governance hangs in the balance. But amidst the legal jargon and political maneuvering, one question looms large. In a recent ruling, a federal judge denied Trump's motion for a mistrial in the E. Jean Carroll case. This decision comes after a New York jury awarded Carroll over $83 million in damages last month. Trump's legal team argued that Carroll's deletion of threatening messages, including alleged death threats, warranted a mistrial. However, U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan disagreed, stating that Trump's team failed to demonstrate how the missing messages would have aided his defense. Furthermore, Judge Kaplan highlighted that Trump's attorneys were aware of Carroll's deletion of emails since January 2023, but never took action to recover them. He emphasized that Trump provided no evidence that the messages were permanently lost. Despite arguments from Trump's legal team, Judge Kaplan concluded that a mistrial was unnecessary, noting that both sides had addressed the disposal of electronic communications during the trial. The jury had been properly instructed on the matter, and their verdict had been rendered. This ruling marks a significant development in the ongoing legal battle between Trump and Carroll, who accused him of defamation. With the mistrial motion denied, the case moves forward, maintaining public interest and scrutiny. Former President Donald Trump will not be present at the Supreme Court for the argument. While Trump has appeared in person for some of his other legal cases, he and his team have decided against attending this particular hearing. Trump, known for his belief in being his own best defense, often views courtroom appearances as political opportunities. However, today's absence suggests a strategic decision to focus on other engagements. Instead of attending the Supreme Court session, Trump is expected to deliver remarks from Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, before heading to Las Vegas for today's GOP caucus in Nevada and his campaign's victory party. While Trump will not be present, his legal team, along with Jason Miller, a senior advisor, will be representing him in the courtroom. This decision comes amidst ongoing legal battles and public scrutiny surrounding Trump's post-presidential activities. As the former president continues to navigate the legal landscape, his absence from today's Supreme Court argument raises questions about his legal strategy and priorities. 
we turn our attention to the ongoing legal battle involving former President Donald Trump. Despite his efforts to delay the proceedings, a New York appellate court has denied Trump's motion, clearing the path for his $250 million fraud trial to proceed as scheduled on Monday. The trial, spearheaded by New York Attorney General Letitia James, centers on allegations of civil fraud against the former president. Trump stands accused of submitting fraudulent valuations for assets, which were then used to secure favorable loan and insurance terms. Following Thursday's ruling, Attorney General Letitia James expressed readiness to present the case in court, emphasizing her commitment to seeking justice. Notably, the trial will feature a lineup of key witnesses, including Trump himself and his adult sons. James plans to call upon individuals such as Trump's former lawyer Michael Cohen and his daughter Ivanka Trump to testify, shedding light on the alleged misconduct. Among the witnesses listed is Trump's former accountant, Donald Bender, who previously provided damning testimony during the Trump Organization's criminal trial on tax fraud charges. Pakistan braces itself for the pivotal national elections amidst economic woes and political upheaval. Former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif emerges as a front-runner, seeking to lead the nation once more. Despite concerns over health and coalition politics, Sharif's return from exile signals a bid for economic revival and stability. His daughter, Maryam Nawaz Sharif, steps into the spotlight as a key figure within the Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz Party. With a tumultuous past and a strong political lineage, Maryam Nawaz Sharif emerges as a potent force rallying support and shaping the party's narrative amidst her father's resurgence. Meanwhile, Shehbaz Sharif, the younger brother of Nawaz, navigates the political landscape with strategic finesse. As a seasoned leader and former chief minister of Punjab, Shehbaz Sharif's role in potential coalition building and his ties to the military remain pivotal factors in shaping Pakistan's future trajectory. On the other end of the spectrum, former Prime Minister Imran Khan finds himself sidelined, battling legal woes and political isolation. Despite his party's innovative campaigning tactics, Khan's incarceration and disqualification from politics cast a shadow over his political legacy, leaving his Pakistan Tariq Ayansaf party at a crossroads. In the midst of this political landscape, Bilawal Bhutto Zardari emerges as a formidable contender, drawing on his family legacy and focusing on youth empowerment and climate action. As the son of former Prime Minister Benazir Bhutto, Bilawal Bhutto Zardari's Pakistan People's Party seeks to wield influence and shape the country's future direction. As Pakistan prepares to cast its votes, the nation stands at a crossroads, with the outcome of the elections poised to shape its trajectory for years to come. Tragedy strikes in Pakistan as bombings rock political offices in Baluchistan province, claiming the lives of at least 30 people. These heinous attacks, occurring just a day before the scheduled parliamentary elections, have sent shockwaves through the nation, highlighting the persistent threat of violence in the region. The bombings, targeting the election offices of independent candidate Asfandiyar Khan and the Jamiat Ulema Islam Party, have left scores dead and wounded, exacerbating concerns about security and stability ahead of the crucial polls. Despite the carnage, authorities affirm that the elections will proceed as planned, refusing to bow to the perpetrator's intent to disrupt the democratic process. The Islamic State group's claim of responsibility for one of the attacks underscores the complex security landscape in Pakistan, where various militant factions vie for influence amidst ongoing insurgency and political turmoil.
As the nation mourns the loss of innocent lives, questions linger about the perpetrator's motives and the efficacy of security measures in thwarting such atrocities. Analysts warn of the potential for further violence on Election Day, citing the involvement of disparate militant groups and simmering tensions within the region. Despite the grim backdrop, caretaker Prime Minister Anwarul Haq Kakar reaffirms the government's commitment to upholding law and order, vowing to ensure a peaceful electoral process amidst adversity. As Pakistan braces for a pivotal moment in its democratic journey, the resilience of its people shines through amidst adversity. With the memory of past tragedies still fresh, the nation stands united in defiance against those who seek to undermine its democratic aspirations. Polling has concluded in Pakistan's general election, but the nation remains on edge as the process of vote counting commences amidst heightened security measures. In a surprising move, the Oklahoma City Thunder are finalizing a trade deal to acquire Gordon Hayward from the Charlotte Hornets. Sources have confirmed to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that the Thunder will be sending guards Treman and Vasilya Micic, along with forward Davis Bertans, to the Hornets in exchange for Hayward. Hayward, a seasoned veteran in the league, brings a wealth of experience and versatility to the Thunder roster. Despite battling injuries throughout his career, Hayward's ability to score, rebound, and facilitate plays makes him a valuable addition to any team. Standing at 6'7", Hayward's presence on the wing provides the Thunder with the size and skill they need as they push towards a playoff spot in the competitive Western Conference. His knack for shooting and passing will undoubtedly bolster the team's offensive firepower. Meanwhile, the Hornets are set to receive promising young talent in return. Guards Treman and Vasilya Micic, along with forward Davis Bertans, offer the Hornets a glimpse into the future as they undergo a rebuilding phase under new ownership. With this trade, both teams are looking to strengthen their rosters and position themselves for success in the upcoming season. But only time will tell how this move will impact the dynamics of the NBA landscape. Let's shedding light on the remarkable journey of NBA star Gordon Hayward. From his humble beginnings to his rise as a prominent figure in professional basketball, Hayward's story is one of perseverance and determination. Born on March 23, 1990, Hayward's basketball journey began in Brownsburg, Indiana, where he attended Brownsburg High School. Despite starting out at 5 feet 11 inches, Hayward experienced a significant growth spurt, reaching an impressive height of 6 feet 7 inches by his senior year. In high school, Hayward's talent on the court earned him recognition as he led his team to victory in the Indiana Class 4A state championship. His unforgettable buzzer beater in the title game solidified his place in Indiana basketball history. After high school, Hayward continued to excel at Butler University, where he played a pivotal role in guiding the Bulldogs to the championship game of the 2010 NCAA tournament. Although they fell short of the title, Hayward's performance earned him praise and caught the attention of NBA scouts. In the 2010 NBA draft, Hayward was selected by the Utah Jazz as the ninth overall pick. Over the years, he established himself as a key player for the Jazz, showcasing his versatility and skill on the court. That concludes today's segment of Geo Rumor. Remember to subscribe, comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Stay informed and join us next time for more updates. I'm Olivia Smith, signing off. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guests 
and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of GeoRumor.